Welcome back, everybody. My name is Eric Wright. I'm the host of your Disco Posse podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you want to watch, you can actually legitimately watch. It's over at youtube.com forward slash Disco Posse podcast. Thanks to all the amazing people who are making this podcast possible and growing, growing like crazy. So super proud, having a lot of fun. Hope you're enjoying the show as much as I am and all of our amazing guests. Speaking of amazing guests, you're about to meet Troy Hippolito. He's the not-so-boring LinkedIn guy, but he's actually a lot more than that. Troy is the founder of the Troy Agency. He's got a really storied history in helping people with social promotion, but it's not just about social promotion. He thinks big, and he takes that and applies it to social promotion. His agency-style work and understanding of how to help people is is really coming together beautifully. So it was a lot of fun. Troy actually was in the midst of a move and he was kind enough to schedule something. This was one of those fun outreaches that he he did a cold outreach to me on LinkedIn and I actually liked it and we got connected. He was super fun. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I did and talk about Not So Boring. Let's head on over and remember the not so boring and fantastic people that make this podcast happen. So shout out to my sponsors who, oh, right. We got some announcements coming up very soon. So hang on to your hats. But in the meantime, go to vee.am forward slash disco to get everything you need for your data protection needs, whether it's on premises, whether it's in the cloud, whether it's bare metal, metal. Yeah. If you got metal servers, you got to back those things up. You got to back everything up. How about stuff like SharePoint? Microsoft Teams, Office 365. There's much, much more. So again, just head on over to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse and find out and uh, let them know old Disco sent you over there. Speaking of going over there and doing it safely, protect your data in traffic, in transit, in every form. Head on over to tryexpressvpn.com forward slash Disco Posse. I'm a user. I'm a fan because hey, I travel around, I move around, I'm on other people's sketchy Wi-Fi's. It's not sketchy because I use a VPN. So go check it out. Hey, and even better than avoiding coffee shop Wi-Fi, get your own coffee. Go to diabolicalcoffee.com. All right, let's get to the fun part. This is Troy Hippolito, the not-so-boring LinkedIn guy on the Disco Posse podcast. Hey, this is Troy Hippolito. Um, I'm with the Troy Agency. I'm known as the not-so-boring LinkedIn guy, and you're watching the Disco Posse podcast. I loved your tagline, the not so boring LinkedIn guy. And thank you, Troy, for jumping on today and for reaching out, getting connected. I'm a real fan of your content, your approach, your style. And it's something that I, even myself, I think, good golly, there's so many things I'm underutilizing around LinkedIn, around a lot of social network. You've really, really got some great stuff that you're coaching people through and, and bringing them towards really strong outcomes. So for folks that are brand new to you and do not yet know about Troy Hippolito, you want to give a quick introduction and, and a bio, and we'll, we'll talk about what you and the team are doing. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, even, I'll even do one better and tell you the story behind it. Um, so I am a designer and developer by trade, right? So I'm a programmer as well as a UI UX person. And I was actually an award-winning designer here in Atlanta, Georgia, several years uh, in a row, like the top designer. And so back in the day, I had a company called ISO Interactive, and we were building video games. You know, it's like the rock star programming. We we're doing virtual worlds. Uh, we're doing app development, back end, front end. And it was really cool. We had a small team, about a dozen people. We paired up a designer with a programmer, and we created stuff that didn't exist. We loved it, right? Um, so it was going really, really well until it wasn't. Oh, no. In Atlanta, Georgia, uh, they no longer depend on the agencies because the companies that you get work are the Fortune 500s. They're very corporate. And so they used agencies up to a certain point, and they pretty much cut a lot of that work off. 
and the agencies start fighting each other. So I was thinking, oh, I got all this great work. I did Coca-Cola stuff. I did Xbox Mobile. Did Harry Potter movie releases. Um, you know, we even had our own Harry Potter fan site that we developed a full 3D. Uh, uh, pseudo 3D virtual world using multi-user technologies. And it was just like, where, why can't we get any work? Well, the agencies grabbed a lot of these people and brought them in-house. And it really um, cannibalized the whole uh, agency model. And so they were really fighting over pennies. We had to find another source of uh, getting work. And um, so I asked a buddy of mine, he was actually doing well. And he had a, a competing agency um and and he was putting all his work through linkedin i was like linkedin you're getting all your work through linkedin he says yeah and then I, I had a sales buddy of mine in new jersey and he said yeah it's linkedin man it's linkedin it's like well, i thought linkedin was a bunch of stuff for resumes and i said no you have to like build a relationship and all this other stuff and i realized something it, those relationships were like uh, analogous to to old-fashioned dating and I, and again, I realized I was a terrible dater, like in real life. So I have type A personality traits because I'm very technical, right? And uh, what I and other people were doing and what a lot of people do nowadays still is they, they date wrong. They go in there. It's like me seeing this beautiful woman and walking up to her saying, I find you very beautiful. I'm going to have two babies with you right now. <laughs> it doesn't work. You end up getting slapped in the face. And that's that's the technical equivalent of what people are doing on LinkedIn. And so we had to revamp it. Uh, it worked really, really well. And we had a bunch of clients. And then we fired those clients and we rebranded our agency. And people asked, Troy, why did you fire all these clients? I said, because they weren't the right type of client. They just wanted to sell. And so my type of clients that I hire on the higher end, uh, the, the high end type of clients, we look for people that offer value, like they're human. So if you reach out to them, they're there to help that person. They're there to engage and their audience exists in active form on LinkedIn. And so that's a very narrow band of people that are authentic. They're willing to kind of contribute some time to, to help those individuals. And I said, yeah, I need to find like like minded people. And that that's when we changed from return client to the Troy agency. Um, so we only pick on pick up maybe one or two primary clients a month and it's residual works out fine. On the other end, we have course materials and have, we have our own show, a monthly show um, that covers that type of revenue stream as well. So it works great um, as long as you have something that, that someone wants uh, and you're there to help them. Don't sell. Uh, if you help their solve their problem, there's really only one of three things can happen. So I'll take a 15 minute meeting. They said, Troy, I'm doing this, 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 and this. I'm having this issue. I help them solve the problem on LinkedIn. I said, this is the thing that you need to do, need to, do to solve that immediate issue. And there's one of three things that are going to come out of that. You put out good energy in the universe. They'll never talk bad about you. Uh, number two, it works so well that they're into their business and they realize there's 23 other things that only Troy can fix, you know, and they hire me, you know? And the third is they're so happy. They maybe can't afford what I have going on, but they like me. They like me enough to send a recommendation and being recommended by someone else is 10 times easier than you tooting your own horn. So it's all about being human, you know, and doing what you say and helping those people get where they need to go. That's my story. A little, little long version anyway. <laughs> no, it's perfect. And look, we, a lot of folks that are listening, of course, probably obviously have a LinkedIn profile. Or, you know, I say obviously. Many folks would have a LinkedIn profile and they use it for a variety of purposes. And look, my my DMs are littered with, you know, just people that just don't get it. You know, I'll, I, I sort of say this is the common interaction is, Hey, I see we have some, you know, common interests. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll bite, 
<laughs> except right but i i kind of because i also use it as a broadcast channel right so i'm ultimately yeah. every all my content is going pushing to linkedin i'm not really using it interactively as much as as, as some people would think uh -huh. and then the next one is hey you know thanks for connecting really great uh you know like what you're doing with x or you know interested to to connect and, and chat more and then you know, four hours later is, hey, so what do you do about blah, de, blah? And like they immediately are pitching a product to me. Yeah. And then the next day, it's like bumping to top of inbox just in case you didn't see this. Then it's not sure if you're getting my messages. Yeah. And then eventually, like seven messages later, you get the, hey, I know you're probably busy or you've been eaten by a bear, uh, you know, or, you know, something like there's some kind of witty thing that they read worked once and yeah. so they just reused the same meme and i'm like no this is not the way to use this platform yeah. you know what that's called it's called spam the spamming <laughs> that's what it is i had a, i had to uh release a client because he was he wanted to spam people he says i only want to help people that that need help right now and send this one message to everyone and keep on sending it to them I said spam. He goes, why is it spam? I said that's a definition of spam. I was telling him, right. like, like that is what spam is. You you want to communicate, and so that communication element is important. So what you're talking about is seven or eight touch points that are that people think they're thinking. Well, I have to get between twelve and fourteen touch points before they connect with me, you know. But they're not connecting the dots. So that doesn't mean keep on sending them messages on your LinkedIn DM, you know, it means how can you connect with them in a more authentic way? You know, it's okay to send one or two messages, I think, you know, um, but I don't like the selling portion. I like the, um, I do like the idea of getting to know that person for a particular reason. And so you want to do things in strategy uh, with strategy. So a lot of people will use these systems and they'll just bombard it and automate it and that sort of thing. And LinkedIn, they'll crack down on it. You get enough complaints, right. they'll just shut your account down. And so you have to have good habits. One of the things is like, um, how can I come across authentic? The other thing is that how can I have them come to me? You know, how do I how do I separate myself from every other LinkedIn guy out there? You know, or in your in your business as well. Whatever you do, how do you separate yourself where if there is interest, they acknowledge that and they and they, and they come to you. So you want two-way traffic. And uh, one thing that I do, what I don't do is I don't do sequencing on LinkedIn. You know, I, I will have a witty connection message and I'll have maybe one follow-up. But the follow-up is usually a welcome message and it's uh, it's unique to that individual. Right. Well, like I have a daily process. So when I pick on a client, I help them with the profile top to bottom, help them with their targeting, help them with their initial messaging, and I help them with the day-to-day -day process. And that day-to-day -day process is really what's going to keep you sane. You know, like, oh, I can be on LinkedIn 12 hours a day. You don't want to do that. I mean, that's insane. You <laughs> want to spend between 15 minutes and one hour a day to do whatever the things that you need to do and get out. Because you need to, you have a business to run. And someone says, well, how can I get people to actually book a meeting with me? I said, that's easy. I, mean, I can easily get between uh, uh, 30 and 50 meetings a week if I wanted to. Um, I don't know. I think my camera is getting a little blurry. I don't know what's going on here. I think it's the lighting. Yeah, it's uh, the joy for folks that are don't understand. Poor Troy just moved, and we've made him do podcasts in the middle of a move. So it's uh... <laughs> yeah, I just moved in with like eighty percent of my stuff. Got wires and stuff in there. Yeah, so it's like the living room of, of the stuff. So I'm, there you oh, go. Now it's that was funny. As soon as you sit, as soon as you move Things out of front, come back in. It, it refocused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 if you get a process down, I said, well, give me a tip. Right. I said, OK. How are you authentic? You're authentic by understanding who you're speaking to and creating a, uh, some bit of information about them specifically. It's not selling. So when you connect with someone, instead of uh, spamming them, why don't you just use uh, your LinkedIn app? 
and open it up to the video option. And you can send a native video to them that's what, 20 seconds long, maybe 30 at the most. And just thank them for connecting. Like, you know, thanks, Eric. I really appreciate the connection. And I noticed that you have the uh, interesting podcast called Disco Pod, uh, Disco uh, uh, Disco Posse Podcast. Kind of tongue-tied there. And uh, so I said, I'd love to know, learn more about it. I said, if you have a moment, just take a look at my profile. I said, if you see any dots to connect, feel free to send me your booking link. I said, I'll schedule some time with you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. That does a few things. That's a unique message. You took the time to address them and what they do. You were not selling, you know, and it's the appropriate time for them to look at your profile. And if they see anything they want to talk about, the onus is on them to send you the booking link and you'll schedule with them. So it's not me, me, me. It's, it's you, you, you. Yeah. And so that concept and in, in smiling, and of course I didn't smile, I did it quite, uh, quite quickly, but that idea is very powerful. You are communicating with them as a human would, you know, and that's just one of many of the tips and tricks. And uh, I think the other thing we were mentioning was all these touch points. Well, there's all these different things you can do depending on your strategy, like why you're connecting with people, you know? Are you connecting with them to engage with their network? Are you connecting them to sell them something, which is probably not a good thing? You know, what do you have to offer them? How can you help that individual? You have to get down to the human level. So people think, well, I think I'm going to do this thing for their company. I'm going to do it for the team. That person doesn't care. I mean, they may care, but they don't really care. They care about themselves. We're human. So Deep in, deep down inside, you have to figure out how can I help that individual? What does he want? Does he want to be the hero? Does, uh, does he have a problem he needs to fix? Does he get something off his chest? You know, can I pass the litmus, the litmus test? And the litmus test is, uh, you know, the old fashioned litmus test where you dip it in there and you figure yeah, out yeah. if it's a certain chemical or whatever, you, if you passes the test, right? The little acidic thing. The litmus test for LinkedIn is if this guy would go out and have a beer with me or a, a drink at a high-end bar. Because you have to think during COVID times, your time is valuable. I'm not going to go off some stranger and have a drink with him because he could be a creep. And I'm telling him all my, my secrets and stuff, you know. So if they feel they could have a drink at a high-end bar with you, you've passed the litmus test. you passed the friend test. And that's really where you, where you want to be at. Um, maybe instead of just sending connection requests, you could take a look at five people a week and see, I want to engage with these five people because of their profile, of the type of person they are, their network, whatever the case may be. And I want to see what they're posting. So engage with their post before ever sending a connection invite. If you engage with one or two or three of their posts and they respond, the chances of them of accepting the invite goes from their, your, their 30% to like 90%. And if it goes all the way to 90%, you've, you've uh, not just done that one thing. You've, the second thing that you accomplished is you move the relationship down the line. Right. And so your ask has to be appropriate to the relationship. Anyway, I blab a lot, but I think you get what I'm saying, Eric. No, it's perfect. one. We're here because of your method, right? You took the right approach. I get dozens of in-mails a day and, and people who are like, give me that. Like, I'm like, I get it. You read Jeb Blunt. You, you want to get to 15 touches fast, right? So you think this is spamming out my inbox is getting you to the 15 touches, but it's like, that's not the case. And I get often get outreach for people that are like, Hey, you know, we'd love to be on your podcast. And like, Thanks, you know, booked up. <laughs> it, but when when you reached out, I did do exactly that, right? I looked at your profile, looked at what you're doing, and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, here's my booking link, right? And here we are. So the proof is in the number of times I've said no to people. The one thing I was joking about too is like, I want to get an, I want to make an explainer video of how not to sell people explainer videos on LinkedIn. Because I swear to goodness, about eight, eight a day 
of people are like, hey, you know, explainer videos are a great way to do whatever. Like the first thing they do is they're like, here's my Calendly link to book your meeting to set up your explainer video pitch session. I'm like, nope, nope, this isn't going to go well for you at all. <laughs> but welcome to my broadcast network, right? So for me, I'm like, hey, it's another audience member. Good luck, you know, receiving my feed. But uh, the real genuine connections yeah. where I could do, like you said, you know, actually reach out and, and ask for time and and meaningfully give back to them mm-hmm. where they will care enough to take that time and give me that time. It's a beautiful, like, it's a bi-directional relationship of giving time and effort and attention. Because this is the real big thing, right? We're in the attention economy. And wow. how do you get access to that attention it is yeah linkedin is so different than anything else um here you have to come from a place of service you got people that have like these instagram models and what they call the thirst traps and all this other that's a different thing yeah. i mean linkedin is really geared towards uh um career change or building uh relationship um building working from home uh b2b businesses or high value services so uh, these cheap off one methods that don't work well, maybe they work well for, for a widget, right? Well, we're not selling widget here. You know, we're, we're selling uh, conversions to business. You know, right. uh, I have a client right now, um, um, one job that he gets is worth $200,000, you know, per job. He's trying to get one, one a month, right? And not every method will work on his audience. And we may have a method that works perfect for me and awful for him, you know, right. and you, and it's our job to figure out, well, where does this thing break apart? And then how can we bring it back where it will convert for him? Or we have to, you know, um, cover those dots and figure out how much is this client willing to do? Like a lot of these higher, higher end people, high up, uh, individuals can't do a lot of things. They do certain things well. And if it's outside their scope, they're not able to do it. How do we cover those things? How do we simplify that process where um, we can cover those areas and he can still be that person that can, can communicate? So uh, it, you know, it really, really depends on the strategy and what you try and do on LinkedIn. But LinkedIn is known for a lot of that high-end B2B conversions, you know, for, for example, I don't really make a lot of money per client, but I'll gain between one and two new clients a month, right? Uh, they'll pay something like three or $4,000 up front and then $1,100 per month, right? You think over a course of a year, that that's pretty good money because you're compounding all the previous clients and right. they're adding services. So I got, you know, that $1,100 a month could be $3,300 a month, you know, and, and so on. And if you got uh, 20 clients at, you know, two grand, you're making 40 grand a month, you know, on it and then adding to it. Uh, the trick is to slow down and in order to speed up. So it's not about rushing. It's about just doing those things right. You know, uh, another thing, too, is we have our courseware uh, and I couldn't have done it without partners. So partnerships, you know, networking to build really solid partnerships is a, a really strength of LinkedIn. If it wasn't for my partners, I wouldn't have my course courses. I wouldn't have kept my the Troy show. We have I have a LinkedIn event called the Troy show once a month. And uh, I don't want to do it all myself. It's too much work. So <laughs> you want to figure out these partners that have ancillary uh, uh, um, skill sets that will really uh, possibly impact your business, you know, and I even I even tricked my partner. Uh, his name is John Michelle. He's another LinkedIn guy, a really good guy. And uh, I said, you know what? I said, John Michelle loves to do these profile things, right? I said, let me get him on a meeting, you know? And so this is a, an example of a way that I tricked him, but it was beneficial for him. He got three clients out of it, right? So I know he's going to be, I'm a give, I'm a giver, right? I'm going to give him clients. But uh, I said, hey, John Michelle. Hey Troy, how you doing? I said, pretty good. Um, I'm redoing my profiles. Wondering if you can jump on a meeting with me, help me out. She says, 
well, you're a LinkedIn expert. Why would you want another expert? So I said, well, because there's crossover and there's there's a percentage of stuff you do differently than I do. We have different flavors. I'm more branding and he's more SEO and he's in a certain type of details uh, and versus what, what I am. So we had a video, it's 45 minutes, and I was challenging him on certain areas. And it was it made a good banter back and forth about why certain things. And I even disagreed on him just a few little points, you know, just to make it interesting. And he says, well, that was a pretty good video. And I chopped it up into seven pieces. That means I had a whole series of videos to show on LinkedIn for posting. And then I took those seven videos up and I put them together on a LinkedIn, um, a LinkedIn article. Then I have an evergreen article that reaches out to it. And uh, he got three clients out of it. He said, thank you. Why did you give me these clients? I said, well, I mean, you helped out with the profile. He says, not, not really. I said, well, yeah, you did. You know, it was, it was, it was entertaining. It was good for my audience. I said, but your audience is now hiring me to, to do these profile things. And, and he charges several thousand dollars, whatever it is, just to do the profile part. And I said, oh, that's fine. Just keep the clients, you know. Uh, he goes, well, what do you want? I said, you know what? Do you think this would be a good, uh, uh, I said, a good series maybe for maybe a course or something? He says, yeah, let's make a great course. <laughs> that was my goal the whole time, right? So he did the whole course. And then I did the series of courses. Now we have hundreds of videos and courseware now. And then we got people that have a large audience. Now I want to reach out to LinkedIn, other LinkedIn influencers and things like that. They have a large audience. And I said, let's give them 25%. Let's have them sell the course and then they can get 25% and we can split it you know, between the other partners and stuff like that. He says, well, are you okay for only getting only getting a portion of it? I said, sure. He says, well, my method is if, if you know, there's not enough pies, you know, the slices, they slice the pie up and you're slicing it so thin, you're not making money. I said, well, my idea is just make more pies, you know? <laughs> I said, it's such a good way. And you're, the one thing that people are often too short-sighted about this stuff is they just immediately think like, I can just hammer out this course and then I can I can sell it and then I get 100% of the revenue. And, and there's literally dozens of ads that people will get a day. You know, if once you click on one, you're now in a loop of, of you know, people selling this card and that card. Oh yeah, you're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah, and, but if they don't, do what you did, which is, you know, open up the door and give the opportunity to collaborate. And collaboration is bi-directional. You know, sure, you saw that, like, it would have been great to be able to create courseware with, with these folks. But in the end, you know, you did it in giving back. You know, you, you gave before you got. Oh, yeah, I he was already in it before he knew it. Yeah. And so I don't think that's mischievous, but because regardless he was going to get clients you know and he wanted to do the courses and uh he has certain experience and i may have a certain audience it just makes sense and then we have an email person that comes in for um to run run some of these shows and so we convert on that and we bring clients through it and and now we've we've attracted people that have large audiences you know and we'll give them a portion of it um, as long as their network's right, everyone makes money, you know. So it's not a me, me, me thing. It's 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 how can we help each other in a way that everyone benefits? And that's one thing that a lot of these solopreneurs are missing. They're also like, I can do everything. Well, I'm a programmer. Uh, I'm a I'm a software engineer, and I'm a UI UX person. And I'm an award winning designer. I can do a lot of stuff well, but I'm a little older now and I only have like 45, 50 hours a week. You know, I'm not doing anything more than that. And so the designer that designs 50 hours a week and that's all he does, maybe he should do those things. You know, how we should distribute it out where we want, because if we do everything ourselves, there's 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 no growth opportunity. Right. You know, because you're 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 wearing so many hats and you're not able to go beyond a certain certain area. And so that's where some of those business processes 
and actually relationships come in come in handy. There's a great quote that I, I got from a book, and so I'm going to look it up right now, just because I don't want to misquote. I don't want to. I want to call the title out because it was one that I really enjoyed, and it was uh, called 12, 12 Months to One Million." It's Ryan Daniel Moran. Really, really fantastic book. And like, but one thing that stood out, he says, "It's not a business if you walk away from it and it falls apart. Like, yeah. you yeah. have to really build a machine around it." Because it's easy for, especially we are, you know, as creative people, as a designer, like, you know, you could, maybe you could make $50,000 off a single client for, you know, a six week batch of work. But if three weeks into that batch of work, you have to leave, then you aren't going to get half the 50,000. You're going to get zero of the 50,000 and you lose your reputation. So what you do is you, you wrap a team around it so that you can contribute to it and share in that wealth and also get the benefit that you're creating future opportunities because now you can scale mm-hmm. versus you know if you just be troy hippolito's solopreneur for the rest of your life something happens where you got to take care of your family you got to move you got to do stuff and all of a sudden what do you do you just tell your client sorry work is stopping for the next four weeks because i got stuff to take care of I, yeah I yeah you definitely want to minimize um upsetting your your uh, ongoing cash flow i mean that's what's going to make or break you all these other things you can make more money like i may make more money in the courseware but not right now it was investment it's an investment it's relation building relationships and on the tail end you'll end up making you know a good chunk of change so um i actually have an article that talks about um you know documenting and creating like, um, you know, your SOPs, your service operating procedures. It's not really a LinkedIn thing, but it's more of a business thing. And so by having these um, service operating procedures, you're actually teaching certain areas of your business so you can hire out. Um, And the truth is, and everyone says, if they're a perfectionist, you are on the worst boat because (laughs) you, you can't screw yourself up. Your, your person who's doing these tasks, you say, oh, I can, I, I can do the job of seven. It's true. I can do the job of seven people, but I have to hire one person for one job. And um, I'll give you a perfect example. Back in the day, I was the creative director of a, of a company and it was tied to another company. And they wanted me to engage the engineers and the other web people on how to do a project. They're doing government stuff and I was doing, um, you know, um, civilian, well, other stuff. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so they had to create a, a website for this, this and this. They wanted me to engage with them. And they said, oh, yeah, this is a six month project. Seven people. It's a six month. He says, no. How long would it take you to do it? I said, it took me three weeks to do the whole thing. <laughs> like, like I was just being on. I was naive, like, you know, because I was a designer programmer and I, I knew all the bits of it. And uh, they said, okay, you do it then. And that was done in two weeks. They never spoke to me again. (laughs) (laughs) So I screwed up the relationship because they have, you know, different processes and stuff. And you have to be kind of careful about because, well, you might be able to get that one thing done. But these longer relationships you can ruin if you don't have a way to uh, create the service operating procedures to to hire hire out or um, in order to do certain tasks. And even if they do a task and they're not a hundred percent as good as you are, do they need to be? You think, do they need to be exactly like me? I mean, what is, what is really good? Like really good is better than most people. You know, uh, look at a program module. Someone says, Oh, uh, we have to create this one component where it's reusable. And I said, well, would you reuse it on another project? Well, probably could. I said, but you're not, you know, and you have to understand that you could, the, the client is paying X amount of dollars and you might want to create this reusable component that eats up the entire budget and it, it makes no difference. So they have to think intelligently, how can I create these service op- operating procedures so people are taking certain tasks on that they're good or good enough. And when I mean good enough, I mean very good, but maybe not right. exactly to what you're used to doing because you're, you know, we all are a little perfectionist in our own way. Yeah. I, one of my funniest examples of this, I was like, I was a 
a young, you know, I was like 19 and I was building houses, you know, I was working as a landscaper and we would build houses, you know, during the fall when it would be lower in the landscape side. And I worked with this roofing crew and it was like such a funny thing that like, this is their full-time gig and they're like, just, they were run and gun, you know, contractors. They knew what they're doing. They come in, they got three days to do a thing. They're going to stand it up. And there's there's working on this house and it was a friend of mine's house so like i'm kind of like acting a little different because i know the guy that owns the house and uh this guy's hammering in a nail and it goes in crooked and then you see him he's like trying to back out the nail and you know and it was so funny that the the guy's name was lumpy it was his nickname he says jesus christ lumpy we're not building an effing piano just hammer it in (laughs) (laughs) and it was so funny i'm like uh, like my instinct would be like, yeah, do it right. Spend the extra time email. The, the other guy is just like, whack. He just hammers it in. It bends it in good enough so that it's not good. It's flush. And he's like, then put another nail right beside it. And that yeah. difference yeah. of like, look, we just got to get this done. Yeah. And like you said, it's weird that we use phrases like good enough or whatever. Like good enough is good enough. It's good. Yeah. It's not barely good enough. It's good yeah. enough. Most people don't even do not good enough. better than bad. Right. <laughs> so it's like this unfortunate scale that we, you know, and you hear the phrase too, like if you aren't embarrassed about your minimum viable product, you waited way too long to put it out. Like, Oh, we- yeah, yeah. Uh, I had uh, my IT company, I had a lot of people saying, oh, I need to scale it to this, this, this. And I just had to tell them the truth. I said, look, you're going to spend about $150,000 on this MVP. And once you get funding, you're just going to rebuild it. So why would we rebuild it? I said, trust me, because <laughs> your investor is going to come in. Because I went through investment many times. So I already know like the product. They're going to come in saying, oh, this is great. But our market that I want to hit is this. Or this is a cool feature. And you can't fit it in afterwards a lot of times. You know, uh, especially you have to get stuff done in a, in a very small amount of time. So some people create MVPs to uh, take care of the functionality of a certain group of people or a maximum of X amount of people. If you get beyond that, sometimes it's okay to just take that idea and rebuild it because sometimes yeah. the concepts and ideas are, are have to work, you know? Uh, so you really have to think along what is, what is realistic, what is good. And when I say good enough, everything that we put out is very, very good, you know, but I have certain people that like my writing style. So I'm a very, I look at the person and I figure out their personality and I write according to their voice, you know, and another writer may not get that. So I have to figure out everything about the person. So I understand the vibe. And sometimes they don't like telling me certain things and I drag it out of them. You know, it's like, okay, how did you grow up? What do you like? And you know, I said, I say, okay, are you gay? You're straight. Like I'm, I'm blunt about, I need to understand like, where you're coming, where's your audience, what's your typical kind of client, you know? Uh, and I blend that in. And I said, okay, I think I got your voice, you know? And I write it down like, wow, this is this is pretty good. And they make their tweaks to it because when someone looks at your LinkedIn profile, they're looking at a person. They're looking at the story, you know? And uh, the reason why, um, what do you call these reality TV shows are so popular it's because it drives a story. It's like I was living in my car and now I make a million dollars. I made a million dollars. So like they want to know that story. How did you start from here and, and get over there and be this, this successful? Uh, especially in the States, they love a success story. You know, they love the underdog and they want to relate to you. You know, um, that's one reason I work with a lot of clients that have families. They're family oriented. Um, um, you know, I, I understand that they have a bigger care, you know, um, I work with people that maybe have a similar background because I understand what they're going through. I have people that are uh, trying to be sincere. Like at the end of the day, this is kind of where you're going. And I'm bluntly honest with my clients. You know, I tell them, okay, I'm going to do this, this, this. When you get your first client, I'm charging you more money. I'll tell them, you know, and we'll make this thing work. And I think that personal relationship and, and engagement makes is is not just makes him feel good, it makes me feel comfortable and happy about helping other and other individuals. 
the sincerity piece is is always an interesting thing because I I've I've had people say this like I can I can help somebody by writing content with them in a sincere first person voice right like I can represent their personality and like you you're so fantastic at this right and then someone would say like well, is it really sincere if you're getting someone else to write it for you? You're like, no, but that's not the point. The point is they don't have time to create this content. They create it, they read it, and they're like, hey, this sounds like I wrote it. Like, bingo. Yeah, they may not be good writers. Right. They're like, they're like coaches for this. Coaches by coach. You know, coaches hire coaches. That's kind of what I am, you know, and I'm not doing everything for them. I'm doing the first draft. I'm like, I feel this is what, what you're talking about. So if you're a good person that does websites you may be a terrible copywriter you know if you're a good 3d guy you may be a, a terrible ui guy you know if you're yeah. a good coach that helps women uh, maybe you're not that good at helping guys i don't know i'm making stuff up you know um so everyone has their strengths but they they have this passion inside to do something and it's our job to present that passion you know in a way that makes sense like a linkedin profile is uh really about um 70 visual but once you get past the visual they start digging into the story and that story is the the bit that will convert them so the visuals will bring you in and the story will help convert and of course you have your you know linkedin seo optimization and all those tricks too um but you have to have that balance where they said you know what this is someone I want to talk to. And that's where that's where you want to be on LinkedIn. It's really a, a and it's a mixture of all of those things, right? Like you can have great SEO, but then they get there and they go, okay. Yeah, I, I was easy to find, which ultimately like SEO is about searchability, discoverability. But if there's then, you know, if I if I have the great SEO for a restaurant, but the food's trash. <laughs> <laughs> that's no good you know yeah. so you that's give bad, the ability yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like you you can get people there and then your role is to teach them how to keep people there and engage them and give that yeah. sincerity tell that story the majority and people that. can't do it that's kind of funny people will say i just want to sell stuff well you have if you don't uh if you don't want to put your human out there it's you know um Maybe it's not for you to convert in that way. Maybe you're a high-end CEO that uses it for uh, uses for PR purposes, and that's fine, you know. But if you are converting, if you're trying to get a career going on stuff, you need to have your all your ducks in a row. If you're trying to convert B two B or high value services, uh, you know, you have to have all these things in a row because uh, when someone makes a decision, it's usually an emotional decision first. And second, it's it's based on stats. That's how most humans work, right? And they look at you and you look like a, a douchebag on your photo. They're gonna think, and they're not gonna know it, but in the back of their mind, like something's off with this guy here. I don't think I want to work with him. And you don't yeah. know why, you know? It's your douchebag photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it could be something simple as that. Um, so you're uh so when making a decision to work with you, they may have two, three, four, five, ten, ten 10 criteria, right? Whatever it is. And they don't know it's 10 or five criteria. Say five is an easy number. Uh, but all they have to figure out is one that you're not qualified to not work with you. You know, yeah. like how do I separate myself from all these other LinkedIn guys? Right. Well, I'm not as serious. I'm more human. Uh, that's why I put the not so boring LinkedIn guy. It's it's just funny enough to separate. It's not really super funny or super off. My other line was actually better, but it didn't apply to LinkedIn. When I had my gaming company, I was known as the number one Swissapino game designer in the world, right? Because my mother's <laughs> from Switzerland. My dad is Filipino. I'm half Asian. And so my mother has blonde hair, green eyes. And my dad's like really, you know, he's Filipino. And, uh, and so I'm Swissapino. And that would be such a great pickup line at the bars, you know? <laughs> they would say, really? That's, yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm probably number one Swissapino 
the the irony is this troy that i you're the second swiss apino person i know a friend uh, somebody who's uh, sonia missio she's actually based in toronto and she also uh, in that interesting split but it, it is so funny that you say that and 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 like you said the the genuineness comes out and look the truth is design is important user experiences that engagement's important if design didn't matter then there would be sushi milkshakes yeah like we we like the fact that it's someone spent way too much time making it look good so you could eat it you know otherwise we would just be having nothing but soylent milkshakes and like there's a reason we do stuff. You walk down the street, there's flowers on the thing. Like you see somebody's profile and it, yeah, it's like half of their girlfriend or boyfriend's face is in the shot. It looks like they're on a fishing boat. Yeah, like that's great. If that's your photos, that's another thing right. too. I tell my clients, oh my goodness. Well, I don't know. I don't have time. Do you have time to make money? That's what I tell them. I'm <laughs> blunt with them. <laughs> Well, this thing is costing me so much. So how much is a client worth? That is, that's my closer right there. So yeah. how much is a client worth to you? Like, you said, okay, then you're going to have to do A, B, and C or pay to do whatever. Because it's like you can uh, you you want to be honest and on, you want to be authentic, but there's also a fine line from uh, um, kissing someone's feet. The client doesn't want that. Client wants right. to know that, hey, uh, Eric knows what he's doing. Troy knows what he's doing. If, if he tells me something, it's for a reason. It's not because he's blabbing. It's because he's trying to get me money. And those are the the right people. Well, for my market anyway, those are the right people uh, to actually engage with because they'll actually take the steps, you know, to do a, a process that works for them. Yeah, there's a really interesting thing of, and you, you talked before about the kind of like firing your client, you know, and, and it's an important piece because as you look at where you can deliver real value, right? And you're you're selling value, you're selling a specific outcome. And I've had this before, like I've done advisory with startups and you you start talking with them and as you you give them advice and you give them direction and you give them guidance and they're just like going the opposite way on each thing. And then they say, I... I, I don't understand why this stuff's not working. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe because the last three things I've told you that you should do, you've kind of gone in the opposite direction. And then at that point, I'm like, well, you're nicer I, than I am. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I feel, feels like I don't think I'm adding value to this. So I'm going to yeah. just, you know, step back. <laughs> yeah. I, I had, I had two clients that I remember firing and it's a very specific story. One was, a, I have CPA, anyone that has a high value of service, I could potentially work with, right? Um, if they're trying to convert on LinkedIn. One was a CPA and he was from, I don't know, the UK somewhere. He moved to the Midwest. He was an older guy um, and balding. And he was there. He was very, he was, he was, he was very dry, right? And he used to take my Zoom meetings like this. It pissed me off, right? Like, he wouldn't even look at the camera. And his, <laughs> he's talking and he has his accent and all this other stuff. He says, Troy, this is not working very well. And, and I looked at him with a straight face. I said, didn't you just get 14 clients in 45 days? He goes, how did you know that? I was like, I, I vet everything I do. Like, I'm a lot smarter than I look. I don't tell him that. But I'm a lot <laughs> smarter than I look, okay? Because I, you know, uh, I said, I talked to your VP. Two days ago before this meeting <laughs> he did he was he, he didn't know what to, so he was trying to not pay and get these clients right i don't like that that's very being very dishonest yeah and yeah. uh so uh, he just wanted to do what he wanted to do right and i said you know what i'll let you out i'll let you out of the contract forget about 30 days you know just maybe it's not working for you and he said yeah maybe it's not working oh it was working for him but I don't want to work with people that are trying to lowball me or lie to me. I had another guy, he was in security, uh, you know, cybersecurity. It's another uh, a big area. And he was doing uh, training uh, certification stuff, right? There's all these different, yeah. you know, uh, and, and he wanted to, to sell the certifications to individual LinkedIn. I didn't think it was a good idea. Right. I, I don't know. About, I don't know about cybersecurity, but I was like, um, yeah, I don't think this is, is your audience receptive to this? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. I said, I don't think so. 
like it's kind of hard to sell these, you know, four or five thousand dollar courses and stuff. And I said, you, you got funding for it. And then I said, so you know what? You might want to just partner with other security people and use this. And because you're an ancillary, you're an extra and they already have the in on it, in on this company that's doing this stuff. And they probably need this certifications anyway. And uh, he's, well, I don't have any partners. Said, uh, give me two days. So I went to a security event here in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, and you know, I paid my bills to get in. It was five hundred dollars to get in, and I was talking to these people. And I talked to twelve people. They said I would love to talk to this person, you know. And so I said, "Hey, I'm just." I said, "Forget this whole what we're doing. I'll just forget it." I said, I'm, "I'll give you meetings." I said, "These clients are worth a lot." I said, "This one client here, don't miss the meeting." And uh, you know, he was traveling and all this stuff. He agreed to the meeting. He missed the meeting twice, right? <sighs> Twice. Frustrating. Yeah. And then and the other people who were not, he was he was I don't know what he was doing. Some people do their business, shoot by the hip. He was he was going and he was from Texas and he was going to another country. And I, I was having meetings with him. And I said, I told him directly, I said, Hey man, I like you, but I don't want to see what's happening in their background <laughs> because he was at his he was at his like uh, mistress's house or something, you know, <laughs> and that's not cool. I don't want to I don't want to know that, you know, like personally, I don't care if you have two women or you're married, you're single, you're gay, you're straight. I think as long as you treat people well, that's important. But what I have a personal issue with is deception. Because that means you're not going to run an honest business, you know, right. So I had to let him go. I let him go. I like the guy, but if you can't make the meetings and you're in these compromising things and stuff, you know, trying to cover the camera, I said, dude, don't, don't do that. You know? So you have yeah, to work with people that have the same, uh, I wouldn't say moral structure, but are just integrity, thing. right? Let's integrity. Let's that's that. yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. good word. Integrity. They have the same kind of, uh, ideals that you do because you know that at the end of the day, if he's going to do stuff right, I know that I'm going to get paid. I'm not going to I'm not going to fight over payment. I will just can you and stop all your services and you won't make any money. It's real simple for me. And, and <laughs> yeah. you're like you're not going to I don't you can't manipulate me. I'm here to help you to convert. And so you need that those individuals that say, "You know what? I will make it to this meeting. I will go in here and help this individual do what they need to do." And uh, and now I'm going to make business. You have to have a very clear head on like, how am I going to get to point A to point B? And then right. know that next month you may have to jump from A to C. You have to figure out the connecting the dots. You have to do some A, B testing on on what works. And then you have to figure out like this works better. And, and it's OK because you didn't know that before. It's a it's a process. So people think that, oh, I get this. I get this. Automation thing on LinkedIn, I'll make a million dollars. No, it doesn't work that way. It works against you. LinkedIn will shut you down, you know, and if that's the main channel, uh, it's not going to help you out. So a lot of the lower end and not lower end is money so much, but lower end in thought process and, and, and being human and helping. They don't do very well on LinkedIn. You know, right. we're a lot of coaches that have a little bit of a brand, a little bit of flair something that separates them from other people. You got people that like them, actually like them. They can engage with them. And every personality works well. I had this one guy, like he had a really dry personality. I told him, you are dry as toast. I told him, you're dry as toast. I said, that's, that's, your, that's your brand. <laughs> Be proud. Yes. He goes, he goes why, why? Why? I'm not. I said, yes, you are. I'm telling you are. I'm telling that you. I said, he goes, well, I said, you know why? You could say you could say dry jokes and it's funny because you're such a straight face. It works for you. And and I said, and you're a CPA. I said, do, you, do they want a funny guy to be messing with their money? No, they want a serious <laughs> dude. You know, and you have to kind of think about it like that. You have to think about what is my personality? Um, and so I actually I'm, I'm somewhat dry. You know, uh, I'm kind of funny. I got dry humor. That's what it is. Right. And yeah, yeah. Not so boring. LinkedIn guy. I'm kind of boring. So so <laughs> I twisted it upside down to do that. 
And I would love to be the number one Swiss Apino LinkedIn guy in the world, but it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> you know, because on LinkedIn, they, they wouldn't, it's not, you're not, you know, it doesn't, because when you're doing gaming, it's a little more fun. And they're going to ask, what is that? What is Swiss Apino? You know, but on LinkedIn, they'll be like, this makes no sense at all. So you have to apply a brand that kind of makes sense to that audience, you know? So what? It, and it goes to your approach to it, right? Which is about adaptability, because even where a method may work for one, you know, company, one brand, one person, that same thing, if you just automate it and try and sell it to 10 other clients without gating, you know, is this appropriate without evaluating, is this going to fit their persona, their audience? Like, is this, it's both sides of that experience too, right? It's not just about you, two funny people, are not two funny people. There are two funny people that each have individual audiences. So that the one dry CPA guy, like you said, your clients are going to dig this. They want to kind of know that you're the dry CPA guy. You know, somebody who's hiring a real funny person, if they want them for a keynote speaker for a CPA conference, perfect. But if you want the, it's like matching and mapping skills to value to perception it is a real like you achieve a really interesting mix by being dynamic having the integrity being genuine through the process and then making sure that those people then parlay that genuineness that integrity because of how you work with them yeah and part of it is clarity you know when you do your when you're creating your brand you don't want to say oh i can do this like i don't really talk about all my development experience other than in the story. I started right. out, I part of a process, but in general, when you look at my profile, it's very clear, you know, that, oh yeah, he's a LinkedIn guy. Oh, he can get me clients. It's a very simple concept, you know? Um, but if you say, oh, by the way, I can do website design. Oh yeah, I'm a, I did Coca-Cola stuff. I did, they're like, what are you, a LinkedIn guy or <laughs> a programmer? You end up looking like a flea market, you know? And that's one thing you have to avoid. You want simple clarity. You know, you can draw, you can add a little humor in it for branding purposes. You want separation, but what are you known for? I, I picked up a client last week and he says, you know, uh, I want to help women, uh, women, professional women, right? They're owners of businesses or they're higher up in the thing and they feel like something's missing. I said, I totally get it. Okay. I can help men too. I said, no, no, no. You, there, men will come in as an ancillary. So what do you mean? I said, you can't say, oh, I help a lot of women, but men can come in too. Well, no. You want to concentrate on that, your your main um, your your main nuts or your main fruit, you know, low-hanging right. fruit. And uh, by doing that and doing it well, your interaction with them, they'll, they'll, they'll um, give you another client. Because right. half your clients should come based on referral. I don't care what kind of system you have going on. You know, uh, we got systems where uh, we have direct message campaigns and stuff, but they're not sequenced. They're teaching the client how to reach to certain audiences. We have uh, um, posting campaigns and stuff like that, that we have a whole whole series of uh, things that are done that promotes um, authentic conversations, you know? And so a lot of the things that we do, we have to slow down have less but better conversations by yeah, doing but, that yeah you convert how many clients do you really freaking need i mean right yeah no it's and the the thing that you hit on there is like that clarity and crispness like it's even we talk about going to public speaking i coach people on this all the time like when you go to give a keynote your opening slide should not be, hi, uh, my name is Eric Wright. I'm a product marketer. Uh, I work for you know, a company. And uh, prior to this, I did 20 years working in financial services. I was a systems administrator, started off as desktop support, uh, made my way through. And prior to that, I was actually a, a landscaper. Uh, you know, and, and I like- or, or you could start with that and say, ah, just kidding. And move on right yeah. but it's like people that's the first thing they do is like they do that and then they end the presentation with a thank you slide you're like no what you should do is said how many times have you gone into the office and realized that there's no door by the bathroom that's two-way door uh storytelling yes like you and you immediately get into this thing and that's what you're 
your profile has to tell a story, but you've got 160 characters to do it in. Like, so you can't, you just can't dilly dally around. You got to get to it and it's got to be meaningful, engaging. And like you said, it's got to match the other stuff, but it's, it's hard as the, the person, the self to have the humility to step outside and create that. That's why having you come in and do this with them, it's like such yeah. a boost because yeah, they, it they is a balancing act because you have character limitations. You have SEO on Google as well as SEO on LinkedIn. So Google has searched everything on LinkedIn and LinkedIn has their own search as well. And LinkedIn tends to do things a certain way. So right. you have to do things a certain way. For example, um, um, on your your on the individual jobs right um linkedin tends to pair you with people that are similar to you right well that's right. not what you want to do if you're doing b2b sales or your coach doing <laughs> that's right it's, just, it's trying to find you a job not a oh, client great. I need another coach <laughs> you know, yeah you guy oh i need another programmer like you know i know a zillion <laughs> program you know what i mean you're trying to get business right so uh one trick is to actually put your your target market in your title it'll start pairing you up with your target market and people don't think about that you know uh one thing to do is uh when i say i'm the not so boring linkedin guy right that's the first thing i have underneath my name you know and it's not seo optimized but i don't care it's more important to have that brand and then i have the other things that are uh, very very searchable you know um right. and then when you're telling a story um, this is an easy way to explain it. I want to show the scars, but I don't want to show the wounds, right? You can over inundate, like, you know, like you could say, yeah, I, I was, I was homeless. Uh, my mom died. My brother died. He had an overdose. Um, my girlfriend was cheating on me and left me. Uh, you know, I had, a, uh, I was living in the shit. No one wants to hear that. That's just horrible. Like that's just too much. I mean, you, you, you don't want to like, like, like you don't want to say I, I'm a, uh, my life is awful, but I'm trying to make it people uh, that doesn't work. So showing the scars, uh, and then not the wound that would be showing the wound, you know, right. Showing the scar could be like the, the dating story. I told you I was an awful dater. It's funny and it's true. Yeah, you know, it is. It's, I am so direct. I used to go straight for it and, and, you know, and it works sometimes, but most of the time it didn't. So uh, taking the approach of old fashioned dating into business just to get to know someone, you know, just to see, uh, you know, I think dots to connect, you know, are you in the same area? You know, are you, are you have some commonalities? Is there something that you think he needs that you can help that has maybe nothing to do with your business? Maybe it's someone I can connect him with or, oh, he doesn't need a LinkedIn guy. He needs to fix his freaking email. I, I got an email guy, you know. Yeah. And people say, oh, well, I got great deliverability. No, you don't. People don't realize, a, 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 you know, a good portion of emails never make it. You know, and I could tell right. them, look, uh, LinkedIn is great, but LinkedIn is not everything. Like we pull stuff off of LinkedIn and create a video funnel series through, you know, like Dub or some kind of component that makes it more interactive. Because some people don't reply on LinkedIn. So right. what are you going to do? You have to figure out what works best to help convert um, the goals of that client, you know, and a lot of it's technology based. And uh, can you imagine sending a, a proposal to someone and they don't get it? And the client says, well, I never got it. Well, the client's not thinking, oh, it's a mysterious email. No, it's a you problem. Yes, right. You know, I didn't they get don't. it. You screwed up, you know, and you lost the deal. So people sometimes don't know how important these little components are uh, to fix because it's like a set of dominoes. You, you remove one or two dominoes, it doesn't complete. And I think a lot of people are so, so geared about volume. I mean, if you're doing high value services, I just, I'm good with one client a month. One, that's a lot of work for me, you know, uh, maybe two maximum, you know, um, uh, you know, a high value client's worth at least a thousand dollars a month compound, uh, monthly, right? You can compound that, uh, you know, my other client, like I mentioned, one job is $200,000, you know? So, uh, 
when you take the work in, can you deliver the work, you know? And then maybe you can grow your business and your service operating procedures and train, and you can slowly grow out in, in, in that in that way. But I think that everyone, not everyone, but many people are about that volume. And that volume will work against you. Can you, can you imagine reaching out to someone, someone's interested, and they reply back and you don't have time? time yeah, if they all come back and say yes, and you're not ready for that. Yeah, and, like, and it doesn't even have to be many. It can just be, like you said, one or you know two of them. They say, yeah, go for it. And they're like, oh, but I can't, I can't go for it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like stabbing yourself in the foot, you know? Yeah. I mean, so, so you have to realize what is appropriate, you know? Um, and it's okay to have a small business, you know, I, I, it's, it's even okay to have a job. You know, if you're doing career changes, I got a buddy that's a sales guy for servers or I don't even know what he does. Right. I'll be honest with you. It's a drinking buddy. Oh, drinking. You know, we go out, we talk, oh, I, do all this. I said, that dude makes a quarter of a million dollars a year having a job. So it's not all about entrepreneurship. It's about, right. um, um, his ability to build relationships with clients, you know, and uh, whether you're an entrepreneur or having a job, uh, you have to charge what you're worth and you have to deliver what you say. Put that on the card. There you go. <laughs> well, Troy, this has been fantastic. And I tell you, that that is that's a great way to wrap because it is important, right? You're whether you're selling yourself, you know, into a job, whether you're selling yourself into a service, whether you're selling a team as a whatever it is. There's the way you do it to bring that personality, that integrity through. Uh, I'm I'm glad you you genuous genuineness that you bring to this is in enlightening and and it was really really great to share this. So for folks, if they do want to reach out to you, they can find you on LinkedIn, I presume. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Type in uh, my first and last name uh, Troy. Last name is Hippolito. H I P O L I T O. There is another Troy Hippolyte out there. That's actually my brother, but he's in the army. So that's a whole, that's a whole different guy. I used <laughs> to be in the army. Anyway, long story, but I'm the most popular Troy Hippolito out there, right? So. He's the, not only is the, the top Swissolino, but he is the top Troy Hippolito. <laughs> yeah, in the world. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. Troy, thank you very much. This has been really great. And uh, yeah, I encourage folks do do reach out and and take in your content. It's really great. I love the way you you approach things. And uh, yeah, we all we all need a little bit more Troy in our life. So thanks for taking the time today. Uh, thank you.